we serve the people that we lead. And so it's important not to get caught up in your role, not let it go to your head, not let it, you know, your ego get the best of you. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. I'm not sure if there's such thing as a typical path to becoming a CIO. However, it seems many of the CIOs we talk to step into that office by way of being an outside hire. In other words, their first CIO role was not only a role of transition, but it was a company transition as well. Today in our series, The CIO's First 30 Days, we are going to talk to a CIO who was promoted into that role, a move that can bring with it its own set of challenges to navigate. Our guest is Bill Serva, Vice President of Information Technology at Goodwill of Central and Northern Arizona. Bill became CIO about six years ago after having served as the Director of IT Operations the previous four years. Welcome to the show, Bill. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to be here. I am really looking forward to this conversation. I, I always enjoy it when we have an opportunity to catch up and, and this time the mic's on, so that's even more fun. So before we get into your first 30 days of being a CIO, I want to dig into your background. We've known each other for eight or nine years, I think, and I don't think I ever knew your undergrad was in psychology and religious studies. How on earth did you end up in IT? Take us on that journey. It's a long story, uh, but I'll try to keep it brief. Well, you know, I've always been interested in computers from a young age. Uh, I, I can remember playing Pac-Man for the first time and being like, I, need, I want to do this. I want to do something with this technology. Got my first computer when I was 12. And I've, you know, just kind of been on the side hobby of mine mm -hmm. um, since, since a young age. Um, but when I went to college, I actually started in chemical engineering and after the first lab where I broke $50 worth of equipment, <laughs> uh, I, I decided to do a 180 and I wanted to get uh -huh. into social services, um, cause I wanted to help people. And so I, I ended up getting, getting my degree actually in psychology and religious studies. Um, and then, you know, after I graduated, I, I started doing social work. So I worked for the division of developmental disabilities in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, and, you know, worked with people that had developmental disabilities, uh, helped them in their daily life, taught them skills, things like that. And, you know, I did that for a while. I got a couple promotions while I was at the state. I ended up working in the training department, certifying people uh, to work with people with developmental disabilities. But, you know, then I had a family. And, yeah. you know, I got married, had a family, and I couldn't live on that state salary. So oh, I, imagine I, that. Yeah, right? <laughs> So I, I jumped around a little bit. I worked for a, a clinical research facility uh, for a little bit. Uh, then I went and worked at um, a software company called Novanet uh, that basically sold software to schools. But my job wasn't in IT. It was in the finance department doing contract renewals and, you know, calling customers to get them to renew and help helping the sales reps, stuff like that. My boss was the CFO and it was a small 15 person office. And 
he had to do the IT stuff for the office and he, mm-hmm. he didn't really like it. So I volunteered. I started doing that. Um, the company grew. It actually expanded into an, another office in Tucson where they needed an IT guy. And I raised my hand and said, I want to be the IT guy for the big office. Uh, and so that's how I got started. And I basically just worked in IT since then. Uh, no formal training, all on the job just learning on my own and eventually found my way to Goodwill of Central and Northern Arizona as a senior director of um, IT. I started as a senior director of IT operations. And, you know, over the, the years, I got a chance to build the team. The organization grew a lot. And so we needed more structure. Uh, and I was really fortunate to continue to get promoted in my role at Goodwill of Central and Northern Arizona. And mm-hmm. about six years ago, uh, there was a change in leadership at the very top of the organization. We had a new CEO. So uh, my boss left unexpectedly. And I'm not sure if it was because of the change in leadership or personal reasons, but I, I didn't see it coming. And, you know, I kind of got promoted on the spot. Uh, the, the head of HR <laughs> came to me and said, hey, Bill, do you want to lead the department? And I said, yes, this is a great opportunity. And then I saw an email come out uh, a couple of hours later that said I was the new senior interim (laughs) director of IT. Uh, (laughs) So I kind of got promoted over email. There you go. go. And I I think it's kind of fascinating that your your career started out in social services, helping people, helping people with disabilities. Uh, and now you're running information technology for Goodwill, whose mission is very, very similar to that. Um, and so it's got to be an interesting opportunity to uh, blend your heart and your mind together in, in your career. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It, it kind of feels a little bit like I've come full circle in my career. Yeah. So how did those how did those original studies in psychology uh, and some of the other things that, that go into that degree, how did those prepare you for your career in IT and ultimately uh, as a CIO? Well, I've always been interested in human behavior and why people do the things that they do. And, you know, the religious piece was interesting because, you know, everybody believes different things uh, across Mm -hmm. the world. But if you look closely, there's generally a common theme through those. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel like my psychology and experience working with people, the fact that people came first before technology, I think, has worked very well for me. Because I think a lot of technical people struggle with the people aspect of the job. Mm -hmm. And in this role, it's really more about the people than it is necessarily about the technology. I mean, people are who get the work done. Yeah. Yeah. So take us back. You, you get promoted over email. I love that story. (laughs) Uh, uh, I guess that's better than getting fired over email. Absolutely. um, But, but take us back. Your predecessor has left the organization. That CIO role is open. Um, What, as you're as you're having that vast time to prepare with the email uh, promotion, <laughs> what things are going through your mind? What things are you thinking about? What's that process like for you? Well, at first, I knew that there was some dysfunction in the organization and that some people had personal issues with each other and 
but I didn't know how bad it was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our previous CEO had really kept us isolated from what was going on in the rest of the organization. So everything mm-hmm. was great within IT. But then when I started talking to other people outside the organization, I found how much they did not like us, uh, that they felt like we said no a lot. And, uh-huh. uh, um, you know, so that was one of the first things that I had to deal with when I moved into the role. Uh, was figuring out, um, well, I can remember my first senior leadership meeting that I went to, and I basically said, you know, I don't know what your experience has been in the past, but I'm a new person in this role, and I'd like to have a clean slate. So, you know, we're just going to start from scratch. And if you've asked for something in the past, and we said no, ask again. Uh, And also, I wanted good feedback from everyone, because I, you know, I say in IT, we can't fix it if we don't know that it's broken, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. if nobody calls the service desk to report that something's down, how do, how do we know to fix it? So I was really open with the senior leadership to give me feedback. Let me know what was, work, what was working or what wasn't working in the past. So what, what were some of those conversations like? Um, because they, they knew you somewhat, Right, because you were already you, you were already in the organization for years, um, and so what were what was their reaction when you came in and had those kind of conversations? Well, the timing was really interesting because the organization had been really siloed, and our new CEO wanted to do some work on the culture, and we went through uh, the five dysfunctions of a team as a leadership team, and that all started. In the January, so I was promoted in October, and the following January was one of these events where we went off site and we were going to talk about the five dysfunctions of a team and do some team mm-hmm. building and all that. And in that meeting, there were people that had worked for the organization for eight years that had never met each other. You got to be kidding. No. And wow. so that, I think, worked to my advantage because <laughs> um, a lot of us were in the same boat. And so I can remember one person in particular having a conversation with um, who she was somebody that I had heard stories about from my boss. And I was terrified of this person. <laughs> and I can remember, uh, you know, it was late. And uh, I, I came up to her and I said, you know, I'm terrified of you. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, what? me?" And, you know, she's uh, she's it, it was just it was really funny because she had no idea that that's the impression that we were being given from my previous boss's interactions. So uh-huh. a lot of the work really was about developing those relationships with each person on the team. And so I had individual meetings with people. I mean, that culture event was a great kickoff for my relationship with other people on the team. But then I took time to have individual meetings with everybody on the senior leadership team to find out what their pain points were and what the issues were in the past and to figure out how to do better. Uh, The other thing that I did, because I couldn't seem to figure out the dress code for the events that we went to, uh, I, 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 uh, Developed a great relationship with our head of marketing, who uh, I called her my fashion consultant because she always could advise me on what I needed to wear. <laughs> okay, is this a jacket and a tie, or is it just a tie? Do we wear? Uh-huh. So, it, interesting, a, a difficult uh, but important piece to navigate was the wardrobe. I, it, yeah, it is difficult when you, especially when you're making that step 
into the executive leadership role, right? Because it, people talk a lot about executive presence and that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But one of the things it's it, that it means is knowing what to wear to certain events. That's, a, that, I mean, it sounds yeah. like a small problem, but it's really not because when you walk into those rooms, you want to be comfortable and you don't want to be uncomfortable because, oh gosh, I wear shorts and it's a black tie or vice versa, right? Right. Right. You know, Jeff, the other thing that was really helpful uh, is in in the beginning, I started to say to people, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, And I reached out to my boss to get and fortunately, um, she was able to get me an executive coach to to work with. Uh, And I can remember the first meeting with her and saying, I don't know what I'm doing. And she's like, well, first of all, stop saying that. Yes, I was, that's what I was thinking in my head was, oh, Bill, please don't. You know, because the, the organization has put their trust in you that you can do this decision. I'm sorry, that you can, the organization has put their trust in you that you can do this position. Mm-hmm. Uh, so act like it, you know, fake yeah. it till you make it and yeah. take your experiences and bring them back to these executive coaching meetings. And she really helped kind of push me be uncomfortable, really do the things I needed to do to be vulnerable with the other people in the senior leadership role so that I could develop those relationships and really start making some things happen. Isn't it amazing the, the, the impact that an executive coach can have? I I tell you, I, I started working with an executive coach uh, probably about the same time that you and I first met in what, 2011, 2012, sometime in that area. Um, and it just made it, it was a career changer for me, made all the difference in the world. Just having that third party who you can take things to that maybe you don't want to talk about internally um, and who also can give you an unvarnished view of what you're doing and how other people are perceiving that. Yeah, it is very, very valuable. And, you know, I found I've had a couple of coaches over the years and I found the best ones are the ones that push me and make me feel uncomfortable. Uh And you really have to lean in. I mean, you know, the executive coaching is only as good as how much you put into it and, you know, really have to lean in and Oh man, a lot of uncomfortable things, a lot of uncomfortable conversations that my mm-hmm. executive coaches have pushed me over the years, but it's definitely been worth it because I've grown from every single one of those experiences. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so you're you're back at that uh, that moment the email uh, comes across your mm-hmm. your your screen, and you're now the super secret uh, senior director of IT or whatever whatever title they they were giving you for the interim. Um, did did you Take the time to develop uh, a 30-day, 60-day, 90-day plan. It's something that they always tell you as you're going into a new role is to have a have a plan. Did you have a chance to do that? Or because you'd been there, you already kind of knew what needed to be done? I, You know, Jeff, I took the approach that I didn't really know what needed to be done. I knew that we did a lot of great work in the past, and we had developed some structure the organization was very chaotic when I started. It was basically a couple of people answering phones, you know, at random. Whoever picked it up first, that was the help desk. And then there was a couple of other support people. Uh, and we built some structure into that over the years in a really nicely well-oiled machine, fully functioning IT department. 
but now that I was in this level, I kind of had two customers that I needed to look look out for, right? So I had not just the senior leadership that I had to answer to for how we were helping them move the organization forward, but also the people on the team that all reported up through me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my my predecessor was well-liked within the IT organization. So one of the first things that I did was I set up individual one-on-one meetings with every single member of the department. And I think at the time it was about 22 or 23 people. Mm-hmm. And I said, I took an hour for each one and I asked them questions about, you know, what, what should we stop doing? What should we start doing? And what are any other thoughts that you have that can make the department better? And that was super helpful for internally to the department to make sure that I was leading in the way that they wanted me to lead the department and that we were moving in the direction that they wanted to move. The other piece was, you know, having those conversations with the senior leadership team to figure out where were we missing the mark, which departments maybe needed a little bit more, uh, a little bit more attention than others mm-hmm. and to develop a, a plan or a strategy on how I was going to address those. And so, and I think that the other thing that was, was super important is that I was really transparent with my direct reports on how those conversations were going and the things that we needed to work on uh, and what the pain points were, because I knew that they were the ones that were going to have to do the work and help really I could develop the relationship, but I needed them to do the work to make sure that we were getting done what they wanted to get done. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a promotion like this, when when you're being promoted within, uh, it, it brings some challenges. Your peers are now your staff. They now report to you in some way, shape, or form. Uh, you join a new team, in this case, the leadership team. So what were those first 30 days like from a relationship perspective, uh, both with your with your team and with your new peers? So I really I had basically one peer, uh, Dan Felsky, who was my uh, he was. So. Let me go back. I basically had one peer, Dan Felsky, who was the director of application development. Uh, So he was application development director. I was a director of IT operations. And in the short period of time between when I was told to turn off my boss's account and I talked to the head of HR about it (laughs) while they were having that conversation, Dan and I just talked really quickly, you know, do you want to do this? Uh, I don't know. Do you want to do this? And uh, I said, yeah. And Dan's like, all right, I'll support you. So that was super cool that we had that conversation that we could, you know, we could do that ahead of time because we were really the only two that would have been up for that role. And that was a little difficult because he had been with the organization longer than, than I had. Uh, As of today, I think he's got 21 years with the organization, 20 or 21 years. Yeah. So he started from, you know, pretty much the beginning of his career. Yeah. So I think the bigger challenge was stepping into the shoes of the person that had been running the department before. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot to live up to. He took really good care of the department. He really believed in uh, additional perks for employees in order to kind of compensate for the the, the nonprofit salary, right? We don't pay at the top of the scale by any means. We try to get somewhere in the middle. But you know, he had this history of paying for people's certifications, making sure everybody had training every year. 
and mm -hmm. you know a lot of professional development. And so I wanted to make sure that I continued those things. Uh, and it's funny, there was one meeting that we had every week because that was the other thing I asked the team was about these different meetings that we had and did they want anything different to happen? And there were two. Uh, one, I wasn't very surprised about. We did a monthly lunch and learn where people from the department would talk about things that they were working on and everybody would get a free lunch. So I knew people were going to want to keep that. That was a yeah. no brainer. Free lunch. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but the meeting I was really surprised about was we for some reason they called it hot topics, but it's a meeting that we have every Monday at 9.30 a.m. And every single person in the department goes around and talks about what they're working on for that week. Mm -hmm. And overwhelmingly, everybody wanted to keep that meeting. And I think it was, you know, one of the things that helped keep us tight as a group that we had some idea what everybody else was doing in yeah. the coming week. And you could get in front of issues or problems. Somebody would be like, I'm going to up, you know, I, Somebody would say, I'm going to upgrade this server and somebody else would speak up. Uh, I was going to do something else on that server or whatever it was. And yeah, so it was yeah. a good opportunity not to just see what everybody else was doing, but also uh, to to see those kinds of conflicts and job duties maybe, you know, that were happening during the week. So as you were in your previous role as uh, senior director of, of IT operations, and, and you're looking at the role of CIO and thinking that, well, you know, one day I would like to be that. It came about a little bit differently than I think you were planning, but, but um, was that, how different was that time, that first 30 or 60 days than what you expected it was going to be like? And a follow-up to that, what changes did you have to make to your own plans and dreams for your career because it was different than you thought? The first thing I remember that was a little bit awkward was, so this happened in October of 2014. And we had, you know, Goodwill. Uh, Halloween is a big deal to us. Uh, it's our biggest month of the year. We encourage people to go to Goodwill and shop mm -hmm. and you know, pick out their costumes or figure out what they're going to be. So we had a costume competition and Halloween party every year at the corporate office. And that happened to be, I, I want to say it was the same week oh, man. that I got this promotion. And so I went from being a coworker or a peer on the team to now I'm now leading this team. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was really difficult because I had a hard time figuring out how do I behave in this role mm -hmm. as the leader of this team now and not just a peer. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, that was a challenge. And, and then I think the anxiety of now being a peer to the people that were my superiors, mm -hmm. which did not last very long because I quickly learned that these people were just like me. And, you know, I think that title sometimes can be off putting to people or it can cause people to be anxious, you know, Oh, this guy's the head of the department. So he must be smarter than me or he reads more. He's, you know, he's at some different level and, you know, Jeff, I still play video games and I talk with people on my team <laughs> about the new video games that come out. And, you know, I think you can, I think you can do both. And, yeah. you know, to be honest with you, I, I feel that way about anybody in a position of leadership that, you know, and I think it probably helped in this organization that 
that our CEO is really big on servant leadership, right? And so we serve the people that we lead. And so it's important not to get caught up in your role, not let it go to your head, not let it, you know, your ego get the best of you. Because I think that's another challenge. That was another challenge for me probably in the first year or so that, you know, being promoted so quickly, you really have to keep your ego in check because everybody's telling you how great you are, but you're only as great as the last thing that you did, you know? Yeah. So that, that was, uh, I think that was another challenge as well. It's just making sure that I, I remained humble through this. And let me tell you, uh, my spouse helped me with that. My oh, wife, sure. Karen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, they can be good at that. Can't they keep it as humble? Yeah. Yes, she was really good about making sure that I didn't get uh, my head wasn't too big to fit into the room. So yeah, yeah, that was good. So one of the things that that happens to people in leadership positions is uh, when they walk into a room, the atmosphere in the room changes because, hey, the boss is here now. Right. Um, did you, first of all, let me ask you, did you experience that? And if you did, how did you use that in your transition into this role? You know, I really didn't experience that with my team because, because we had done those things like lunch and learn and Mm -hmm. that my predecessor was really big on having at least two team building events a year where we would all do things. I mean, I played laser tag with my old boss before he left. We had a, you know, event. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, he was down to earth with the team and people liked him. And that kind of helped me, I think, do the same so that it wasn't that I was this, you know, I don't know, this, this unknown leader they knew me yeah, and yeah. I didn't make any drastic changes. I wasn't really about making, you know, making my mark by making some changes. I did after all those conversations with people, I did actually change the structure a little bit. I mean, I had to, because my position was va- vacated by me and uh-huh. I had to figure out how to fill that position and move stuff around. So we did use that as an opportunity to make some changes to the structure that made a little bit more sense. But really, the, the the other changes were incremental over a long period of time. So, talk to me about the the org change that that you had to make. Um, and I know we didn't we didn't talk about this beforehand, but uh, did you fill that uh, internally, or did you bring someone in from the outside? We did fill it internally. Actually, we okay. I took the person who was running the service desk at the time. Uh, and moved her into the IT operations role. And she functioned in that role. She was in that role for a few years mm-hmm. after that. Um, the other change was that we promoted somebody on the service desk to lead the service desk. Uh, and, you know, that was a great opportunity for her. Yeah. She had learned a lot. She had actually applied for the previous service desk supervisor position before when we hired this person that I that I promoted to the IT operations director. And so she kind of had some idea. And that person was a really good mentor to Danielle, uh, who it, it was a no brainer for me to promote her at that point in time. And so it created a little bit of balance in the organization. Mm-hmm. And so then I had, you know, IT operations, I had development, and then the service desk all reporting to me. And I felt like that worked really well, because the 
operations or development people couldn't just shove things out into production and not think yeah. about support. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> because support reported to me as well. And I felt like, you know, each of them having that equal voice at the same kind level, uh, I think really helped with some of the problems that we had yeah. had in the past, which we just, you know, oh, you want a new application? All right, we develop it, we throw it out there. You know, it's got some issues. All right, we'll figure it out and fix them as we go along. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we were able to do a better job things like that yeah because you know production is the ultimate test right, <laughs> right yeah what is this guy gonna do coming from a former app dev guy yeah i can i can say that yeah so bill as you know and as as we've talked we're all about action here on status go it's it's kind of part of our name status go so what are one or two things our listeners should do tomorrow because they listen to you and I today. Well, it's funny, Jeff, because I was thinking about that because you gave me the questions, that question ahead of time. Uh, one of the things I was going to say was to go buy your new book. Uh, <laughs> I read it. Well, and it's, I, know, I read the book and it's great. And I think it's a great way to kind of assess your current career and see if you're doing what you really want to do. And, you know, if, if you if this is your dream job or not. The book walks you through a lot of great stuff that can help you identify whether or not this is what you really should be doing. Uh, I think the other thing I, I was thinking about, check in with your team. These are some really difficult and challenging times right now, and people can feel mm -hmm. isolated. I know there's a lot of people that are working from home now and probably will be working from home for the foreseeable future. And you know, if you haven't had regular meetings with your team, maybe set them up. One of the things that we did in addition to the Hot Topics meeting once, once COVID hit uh, was I set up, initially it was daily COVID update meetings, which moved into weekly update meetings because people were scared and people didn't know what was going on, didn't know what kind of decisions the organization was making. And I think having that weekly meeting daily, but then weekly meeting where we all got to see each other. Everybody could ask me questions about what was going on was really helpful. And I, I think, you know, it's important in these weird and unusual times mm -hmm. to make sure that you're checking in with your team and that they're okay. That is, that is such great advice. It's, it's part of what we've talked about here on, on status go as we've talked about the pandemic is the need uh, to do that. And I think it's a great reminder for CIOs, IT leaders, whether you're new in the role or you're have been in the role for five years, 10 years, is to check in with your team, especially in these times. I, that is just fantastic advice, Bill, and I appreciate that. Well, and Jeff, it doesn't have to be a lot of time either. I mean, it's a half hour meeting that we set up for once a week. And the other thing that I did along with that, and I would recommend people do this as well, give people the opportunity to reach out to you directly. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't have to go through their boss for everything. If they have a question about, anything, just feel free to call me. And I had a couple of people on the team do that. And, I, and that was really cool that they yeah. felt comfortable enough to talk to, you know, just give the department head a call because I have a question about something that I'm going to have the answer to, or I might not have the answer to, but I can at least tell them that I can find the answer or maybe there isn't an answer. I mean, there's a lot yeah, of that right yeah. now too. Yeah. 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 Well, but that, that speaks a lot to the 
the environment that you have created in the team that they they feel like they can reach out to you. So kudos to you for that, Bill. I think that's that's a great uh, culture to build within uh, your department. So thanks, Jeff. I want to thank you for taking the time to, to talk with me today, Bill. As I said at the outset, I always enjoy our conversations. I always learn so much. And, and I know the life of a CIO is incredibly busy uh, and your time is valuable. So thank you for carving out time to speak with us and our audience today. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. This has been great. I appreciate you reaching out. To our listeners, if you have a question or want to learn more, visit intervision.com. The show notes will provide links and contact information. This is Jeff Tun for Bill Serva. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find Intervision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.